Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here with you. And joining me to cover just a, a very bizarre and crazy day in the NFL. He's a NFL reporter for Fan Sided and host of the Stacking the Box podcast, Matt Verderam. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's great to get you on for this because there was just the, the Dolphins-Raiders game was one of just the craziest finishes to a game you could ever see. What did you make of that game? I think it's a game where even though Gruden made, I think, the right decision in winding the clock down, kicking a gimme field goal, that's a game that if he doesn't have a 10-year contract, he might be fired after it, or certainly after the season. Right, this is the second year in a row they've had a complete meltdown in December. Uh, and they're talented enough that people, especially you know, in that area, could be saying, hey, we should have a playoff team. That being said, I look at it from the Dolphins' perspective and say, all right, now you need to win one game. It may not even mean anything for the Bills, depending on the results here this weekend. Um, if you win it, you're in no matter what. Now, though, who's your quarterback? This is the second time in a month they've been to a late in the game. First time they came back didn't win against Denver. This time they do win. Fitzpatrick was terrific in the fourth quarter of the game. If you're Brian Flores, you're basically telling your team that you think that Fitzpatrick gives you the best shot to win. I almost think you're compelled to start him week 17, but will they do that? We don't know yet, uh, but it makes for some intrigue this week. Well, yeah, because you got to figure, okay, even if they want to say no, two is the guy, and they do what they did a couple of weeks ago after the Denver game, and they, they start two, you got to figure his leash is really short here, right? It has to be. It absolutely has to be. You know, you got 53 guys in that room and all the coaches to think about. And, and while Tua's development is obviously very important for the long-term health of the franchise, the reality is you're trying to make the playoffs now. And Flores, by pulling Tua twice, is telling everyone that, hey, we really care if we make the playoffs. It really matters to us. So if you're going to do that, then I think, yeah, if they go to Buffalo and they fall behind in that game and it's the middle of the second quarter, You've got to think that the hook's probably coming. You know, they, they played the Bills in week two. Now, that's a lifetime ago, but Fitzpatrick was very good, even though, the, even though the Dolphins lost. He was very good in the game. So you do have to think that even if Tua starts, yeah, they're not going to wait around. If they got to make the hook, they make the hook. And then who would start in the playoffs if they get there? Yeah, and, and here's the other thing, too, and, and this is where I, I would love to pick your brain on this, is with Tua so far, you know, regardless of the Fitzpatrick stuff, for what Tua's done as a player, how do you think he's actually looked this year? Uh, I mean, he struggled. He struggled. I, I, there have been bright spots. He played very well in Arizona. I thought against the Chiefs he was okay to good. Uh, his stat line in that game was fluffed up a little bit by the fourth quarter. You know, if you watch that game to the first three quarters, he was pretty hit and miss. But he also had some injuries along with Parker and Gesicki. So I thought he was okay there. The problem is there's too many games where he's averaging like four and a half yards in a attempt. And that's, again, I get it. They don't have the weaponry that Justin Herbert has or even Joe Burrow has. Um, but at some point, if he's going to be your guy and you're trying to make a playoff push, he's got to throw the ball. And you've just got to say, look, I'm not asking him to throw the ball 50 yards down the field every play, but We've got to get some kind of you know, 10, 15-yard chunk plays here. 
I think I think he struggled. I think there's a reason he has such a short leash. If this was Herbert or Burrow, I don't think we'd ever be looking at Patrick. Yeah, probably not. And by the way, we're talking with Matt Verderam, NFL reporter for Fans Sided. He's also host of the Stacking the Box podcast. So here's an interesting question, right? Because you've got the Dolphins, and they're the seventh seed in the AFC race. Eighth seed is the Ravens. Now, when you have these teams neck and neck down to the wire here, who do you think's the better team? I think Baltimore's better. Um, I, I think I think the Ravens, if they get in the playoffs, they're going to be a problem because they're going to have won five in a row. They're going to be hot as all get out. Now, you don't want to overstate it. They've played a lot of bad teams. The Cleveland game was a crazy game. Cleveland, obviously, a good team. But these other teams, we're talking about Jacksonville, Cincinnati, the Giants, uh, you know, Dallas, not exactly powerhouses. But Baltimore is a hard matchup. Unless you're perfectly equipped, I know, you know a team like Kansas City has given them fits over the last couple of years, but they're hard to play because they're so unorthodox. You don't see teams like Baltimore all the time. And Jackson, even though he's not the passing threat that a lot of other quarterbacks are, I'd argue he's as much of a passing threat as not more than two is right now. And they run the heck out of the ball. You know they're well coached. And defensively, they bring a ton of pressure. Like, if your quarterback isn't good against the blitz, you've got a major problem against the Ravens. So, if I'm an opponent, I'd rather see Miami. I just think Miami's an easier team to beat. But, uh, look, they're in control. I mean, they, they don't need any help. Baltimore does right now. Yeah. Now, let's go to another team that, by the way, just locked in their playoff spot in the Buccaneers. They just, I mean, they just trashed the Lions today. So, what'd you take away from that one? That the Lions should just throw a white flag in for week 17. They've basically <laughs> already done it. Um, no, the Buccaneers, they're very easy to figure in the sense, and I'm not the first one to make this correlation, but if you can get a rush on Brady, they're a completely different team than if you can't. And that's true of a lot of teams in the NFL, but it seems especially so for them. They need Brady to be comfortable, to stand back there, uh, without worrying about it, who's at his feet or who's coming up the A-gap. Um, this game was a perfect example of that. Detroit didn't breathe on him. And Brady made some really nice throws down the field. Don't get me wrong. Give him credit. Uh, but I don't like, – to me, I don't care that they beat Detroit by 40. I don't care. They should beat Detroit by 40. They, the Detroit's been checked out for a month and a half. So that's fine. I also remember that the Buccaneers were down 24-7 in the third quarter last week to Atlanta. I – the Buccaneers are the kind of team they could get in the NFC playoffs or will we'll be there, of course, but they, they could get in and get hot, and they could cause a lot of problems. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they went and played Seattle or the Packers and won the game, even on the road. I also wouldn't be surprised if they went to Washington and got beat. I, I, they just How well does the protection hold up? And is Brady having one of those games where he's playing really well, or is Brady have one of these games where you're, you look 43 years old? Yeah, I'm 100% with you, man. I mean, you just look at that team. You never know what they're going to be on a given week. They've got all this talent, but sometimes it just doesn't come together. You get this finger-pointing between Bruce Arians. He's always like, hey, well, Brady's got to do stuff better. And it's just, it's a weird team, man. It's a really weird team. I, I, they're as talented as anybody in football. Now, they only have one pro bowler, which is bizarre. You look at the roster, you think they have a dozen of them. But they, they have talent. In Tampa Bay, I'd argue right there with Kansas City, most talented team in the NFL. Yeah. They, they haven't put it together. And, and I think a lot of it's what we all talked about in the offseason. The mix of Arians and Brady, it's just two totally different ways of playing football. Arians wants to go down the field. 
big vertical shots, have the quarterback stand in there, be willing to take a lick. Pre-43 years old, he doesn't want to stand in there and take a lick. He wants to get the ball out. He wants to throw a six-yard cross to, the, to, you know, to Scotty Miller and let him run with it. And, and that's not the way Arians wants to play. And so I think a lot of it is Arians has this offense built in, but Brady doesn't really want to play that offense. And you're right. There's a weird clash. But they, but they are fascinating. Because I wouldn't be shocked at all for sitting there in a month there in the NFC title game. I also wouldn't be shocked if in two weeks we're like, wow, Washington pummeled them. <laughs> I, not, nothing would surprise me with Tampa. I think they're the true wild card of the NFC. Yeah, if you're going to gamble on somebody, stay away from Tampa Bay, I think, is the lesson here. Now, uh, we're talking with Matt Verderam, NFL reporter for Fanside. He's also a host of the Stacking the Box podcast. So, Let's get to the other game today because the Cardinals lose to the 49ers. So what do you make of that one? Well, you know, it's weird. We don't think about it in these terms. I guess maybe we shouldn't. But if the Cardinals don't have that Hail Mary against the Bills, they are a disaster the second half of the season. If memory serves me right, they were 5-2 and two at one point. They're now 8-7. and seven. So even with that, they're 3-5 and five in the last eight games. They'd be 2-6. and six. And the only wins would be against the Giants and the Eagles. I mean, it, it, now, hey, they hit the Hail Mary. That's how it went down in the books. But I do think you have to say they got lucky. I mean, if that play doesn't happen, they're in complete free fall. They're 7-8, and eight, and the, the Bears are waltzing into the playoffs, which I'm based out of Chicago. I don't even know the people in Chicago want to see the Bears in the playoffs. But <laughs> um, that might be the way this whole thing shakes. Now, they, they have Jacksonville you know, on Sunday, and then and the next week, they play a Packers team at Soldier Field that, who knows, the Packers may not need the game. If the Packers won on Sunday night against Tennessee and Seattle beats the, excuse me, Seattle loses to the Rams, the one seed's done. So the Bears have a good spot now that they find themselves in. Now the Cardinals have to hope the Bears lose a game and then they have to beat the Rams on the road. They have been owned by the Rams in recent years. Could be a tough spot for them. I think they really missed their chance today. Yeah, now, can you explain the Bears, please? Because, like, I got to tell you, I have no idea what to make. They're such a confusing thing. They're, they were 5-2, and two and they knew they were awful, and then they lost a bunch of games. Like, what, what is going on with the Bears? Well, they are just a bizarre offensive team, and I think that's actually a kind way of putting it. They, they just don't have a quarterback. And I know Trubisky's been better the last three weeks. I understand that. If you watch the games and you don't just look at a box score – it's not – he's been better, but you don't watch the games and say, wow, Trubisky looks unbelievable. He's looked okay. He's, he's certainly been better the last few weeks than he was early on in the year. But they can't move the ball for chunks unless Montgomery's really rolling on the ground. Now, that's been the big difference is lately they've been able to run the ball, so they couldn't earlier in the year. And their defense is actually kind of taking a step back. They gave up a lot of points in the loss to Detroit, uh, which really is, is a killer for them if they had won that game. This would be a, a push-in. They, they would beat Jacksonville being in the playoffs. Um, but the, the Bears are a team that, listen, if they don't turn the ball over and they get a good effort out of the defense, they can be one of those teams that you feel like you've outplayed them all game and you look up and it's 17-14 to 14 with two minutes left. They're kind of – I don't. I do not think – they're going to New Orleans and winning the game. I don't. I don't think they're going to New Orleans. I don't think they're going to Seattle. I think the Bears would be a fairly easy out for some of these big-time teams in the NFC. But, you know, if they get in, you have to think it probably saves Nagy's job, and and it, it probably buys him another year there.
Yeah, probably does, and and that's great insight. So good to get it from a Chicago guy, Matt Verderam, NFL reporter for Fansided, also host of the Stacking the Box podcast. Matt, thanks so much, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care.